Hello, history nerds and historians. My name is Christina, and this is F-Dub History. This is where we talk about a little tidbit from history. That's super fucked up. So today we're going to do another story about witchcraft because it's like my favorite subject to talk about ever. And uh, but I'm not going to tell you if this story is true or not until the end. So pay attention and see what you think. Okay. Today we'll be talking about Satan and the witch Agnes. Trigger warning for murder, termination of pregnancy and death of a child. Only mentioned very briefly, but but still. So sit back, relax, and practice your, oh, good God, what the fuck faces. Centuries ago, three women were accused of being witches. Their names were Elizabeth Francis, Joan Waterhouse, and Agnes Waterhouse, who was a widow and Joan's mother. Elizabeth was said to have learned her witchcraft from Mother Eve, her grandmother at the age of 12. Mother Eve had gifted Elizabeth a white spotted cat called Satan and was told that he would give her anything she desired, but not without a price. In return for fulfilling Elizabeth's desires, he demanded to be given milk, bread, and a drop of blood. Every time Elizabeth would complete this offering, a red mark would forever remain on her body the mark of a witch. Elizabeth wanted nothing more than fucking money. So she tested Satan and told him that she desired sheep. Soon after, Satan brought her 18 sheep, which stayed with her for a time, but later disappeared and she knew not how. With Satan's powers confirmed to her, she stated that she desired to marry a wealthy man named Andrew Biles. Satan organized the arrangement and Andrew agreed to marry her only if she had sex with him before they got married. She agreed. Satan had warned her that this is what he wanted, that this is one of the prices that she had to pay, but not like totally surprising. I mean, I think most guys would want that. And despite what a lot of people think about historical people, it wasn't uncommon for a extremely pious woman to be pregnant on her wedding day. It wasn't unheard of to get engaged and consummate the engagement before your wedding day. They would just sort of like move the wedding date up so that you weren't really you know, showing on your wedding day. And you could just justify and be like, oh no, my baby was just super premature, even though he was 11 pounds and, uh, you know, like 26 inches. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) I pity people who had babies that big uh, before C-sections were like fully a thing. But after this act was committed, Andrew refused to marry her and she was left pregnant. Elizabeth, not wanting to face the consequences of her actions and holding a grudge, decided not to go all Jennifer's body on him, but did use Satan to first make Andrew impotent. And then she laughed and laughed and laughed and then was like, OK, that's enough. You can kill him. And while you're at it, go ahead and get rid of my my unborn child because I'm, I'm not I'm not doing that. And Satan complied and gave her a secret blend of herbs that he bade her to drink. And then her pregnancy was no more. After this, Elizabeth asked Satan to procure her another husband. And he brought her to Christopher Francis, who unfortunately was not as wealthy as Andrew, but she settled she would deal with it. But just like Andrew, Christopher only agreed to marry her after he got a taste of that sweet, sweet lovin' and she fell pregnant again. But this time it ended in her favor and she married him. It was unfortunately an unhappy marriage and she eventually grew tired of her husband and child. Within less than a year, Elizabeth asked Satan to murder her six-month-old daughter and make her husband lame and Satan complied. 
After 15 or 16 years, Elizabeth gifted Satan to old Agnes Waterhouse, a poor widow who may or may not have been her sister because Elizabeth felt that Agnes would benefit more from Satan's aid and Elizabeth had already gotten everything that she felt that she could get from him. Elizabeth taught Agnes how to use Satan and how to repay him for his deeds with milk and bread and a drop of blood, just like Mother Eve did for Elizabeth years before. But while Elizabeth desired goods and riches, Mother Waterhouse desired revenge. So she tested Satan. She asked him to get back at her neighbors by killing their livestock, and he complied. With Satan's powers confirmed to her, Mother Waterhouse asked him to murder her neighbor and her husband, who she quarreled with often, and Satan complied. Now, whenever she wished to summon Satan or change his form, she did so by reciting the Pater Noster and calling upon the Holy Trinity, not in her mother tongue of English, but in the old tongue, Latin. Ooh, even worse, she influenced her daughter, Joan. While Joan claimed that she was not officially educated in the ways of the witch, not for lack of trying on her mother's part the winter prior, she did once try to use Satan the cat when her mother was away. Realizing that she had no bread or milk to feed him in exchange for her services, Joan asked her neighbor's daughter, 12-year-old Agnes Brown, for some and was immediately denied. Joan was pissed about this and returned home and demanded that Satan execute her revenge on the young girl and in return for his services, she would give him a red rooster, which he would consume feathers and all. He denied her offering, encountered that he would do it if she instead gave him her body and soul. Joan was terrified, but she agreed. So Satan transformed himself into an evil dog with horns on his head and scared the young girl. However, Agnes Brown was a good Christian little girl. She recited the name of Jesus and Satan responded that she spoke evil words by saying the name to him. However, Satan was unrelenting and continued to try to attack the young girl. One night he came to her with a dagger in his mouth. And when Agnes Brown asked him to drop the knife, he said that he was not prepared yet to part with his sweet dame's knife. And when Brown asked him who his mistress was, was. He nodded towards Mother Waterhouse's home, and she knew the truth. Mother Waterhouse denied the accusation even when she was brought before the courts. She cried out that young Agnes Brown was lying and that she didn't even own a dagger, so there was no way that the knife was hers. The officials asked her to bring Satan forth so that they could see the cat for themselves, but she refused. The officials asked her when she last allowed Satan to feed on her, and she said, I have not! The jailer, not believing her story, ripped away the kerchief that she was wearing on her face, revealing a face covered in red marks, witches, marks, a sign of her guilt and deceit. The officials asked her again when she last allowed Satan to feed on her, and she said, I have not. This fortnight. And thus sealed her fate as a witch. So what do you think? Is this story true or not? I'll give you a moment to think about it. Okay, time's up. So while this story seems fantastical in nature, it is actually summarized from the testimonies of Elizabeth Francis, Joan Waterhouse, and Agnes Waterhouse, recounted by John Phillips in super long title of a book coming, The Examination and Confessions of Certain Witches at Chensford in the County Essex before the Queen Majesty's Judges, the 26th day of July, Anno 1566. The first English pamphlet about witchcraft. The three women were accused of being witches, brought to trial and interrogated, and Agnes became the first person executed for witchcraft in England when she was hanged on July 29th, 1566. 
Now, there are a lot of thoughts about this whole account. Um, One of them is that it's a piece of propaganda between Protestant and Catholic animosities that were occurring during this time. The the Protestants would say that the Catholics were witches. The Catholics would say the Protestants were witches. The Protestants would be like, no, you're a witch. You transform bread and wine into blood and, and, and body. You, you, you think that you can just say these words and that you can turn this water into magic water. You say you can do all of these things. And, and and that is magic. Whereas the Catholics were like, okay, but you're a heretic and heretic is 100% magic. The fact that you're not doing these things means that you're a magician. So they would just like go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So by Agnes reciting the Paternoster in Latin, whenever she wanted to summon Satan, some people think that this was her Catholic roots and, and, you know, that proved that she was a witch. So that's one theory about this. Um, Some people think that this is an allegory that exemplifies a societal role of being a witch during this time period. So a witch was typically a female poor widow. So those were like the three main identifiers of most of the people who were executed for witchcraft in, in the early modern period in England and also in the American colonies. So this this female poor widow would turn to the devil to solve her problems, who then brings other people under her power and damns them as well. It also touches upon a theory that some witchcraft scholars say, which is like the alms refused theory, basically saying that when a poor person asked for help and was refused, they were justified in seeking out supernatural means to help them. Um, There are even some beliefs during this time that say that not only are these people justified on a societal level, but that God also has their back because, you know, the Bible states that you're supposed to take care of the poor and you're supposed to love thy neighbor. And by denying these poor people, when you have the means to help them, then you're in the wrong and God will be on that poor person's side. And so while that poor person might be doing something they're not supposed to by resorting to sorcery, you're also not doing what you're supposed to. And you're the one that's going to go to hell because they can be forgiven because they have no other options. You know what I mean? Story also pushes along the thought of like having harsh words with someone and then falling on misfortune being the result of witchcraft. There were a lot of people who said, you know, well, I had an argument with so-and-so and then my sheep died and then my ox got sick and then my chickens got sick and my cat died, you know, and they would They would attribute all of these things to having harsh words with a person or sometimes the the person would die after having a harsh conversation with someone who was deemed a witch. And and that would be a result of witchcraft. It also has the whole like killing babies and husbands. That's often also uh, associated with witchcraft accusations. Um, Perhaps this story is none of that. Perhaps it's maybe a Christian version of the maiden mother and crone and and like distorting pagan practices into making it something evil. Um, You also have the religious allegory of it of like evil descending from Eve when you have Mother Eve being the person who taught everyone how to how to do it um, or taught Joan specifically how to do it. And then Joan took what she learned. I'm sorry. Elizabeth. <laughs> um, Mother Eve taught Elizabeth how to, to work with Satan. And then she taught Agnes, who then taught Joan, you know, um, and, and evil descending from Eve only in women. You know what I mean? So maybe it's all of that. Maybe it's none of that. We don't really know. All that matters is that Agnes Waterhouse was a victim 
of these thoughts when she was actually executed. She's the first person in England to be executed as a witch in a legal and, and quote, lawful way. I think that's really kind of the tragedy in it. I love learning about witch trials. I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again for anyone who might be new that that is listening. My historical focus is the history of witchcraft. But I, I feel like when people hear of witch trials, they think of this like, like fantastical and magical thing. And, and really, it's just sad. Most of the people who were executed were most likely innocent, at least innocent of the crimes that they were accused of associated with witchcraft. Um, it's not to say some of them weren't criminals in their own rights, but it, it, it's like centuries of hundreds of thousands of people. Some historians make it into the millions of people in Europe who were hanged or burned at the stake, sometimes while they were still alive, over a fantastical accusation. And there are still witch trials that happen in the world today. And there are still people today who are being killed over supernatural accusations. And it is tragic. It is incredibly tragic. And I, and I think people think of like Salem witch trials and people think of like the witch trials in England and they're like, oh, how fun, like witch trials, how spooky. But like, it's actually people who, who were executed. And it's actually people who died over these beliefs that were relatively extreme. I mean, if today you had people who shared these same beliefs that some of these Protestants and Catholics had during this time period, and you'd probably think they were pretty whack and, and pretty extreme. And and I think that that's like the really sad thing in it is that these people are just a victim of, of these thoughts. I apologize that my mental state seems to be making me end a lot of these podcasts on a bummer lately. I will work on that. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this dramatic retelling of this trial. Uh, if you ever want to read the actual trial records and you're comfortable with like early modern English and how they wrote and spoke sort of like Shakespeare-esque, um, I would highly recommend reading this book. I'll put the whole title uh, in the description. You can find it online. It's all over the place because it's, you know, like 400 years old, 500 years old almost. <laughs> it was very entertaining. I read the whole thing to my husband and it was like like telenovela levels of drama. It was quite entertaining. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for listening today. If you have any stories from history or mythology or uh, historical true crime or possible fairy tales, I haven't decided if I'm going to do those yet, please reach out. I'm always looking for new ideas. You can also, if you like what you heard, subscribe or leave a review um, or join my Patreon. And remember, friends, history may be watching you. So don't fuck it up. And don't I don't know. Don't have a cat named Satan and feed him a drop of your blood because then you'll be accused of witchcraft. Yeah, I don't care. Bye! <laughs>